Well, friends, it's been about a year since everything in the U.S. had to shut down. And we've had to get used to doing things just a little bit different. I'm sure you, like many of us, have asked that question. God, what's the plan? Do you have a plan? Today, I want to talk to you guys about just that. We may not understand it. We may not know what's going on. But God always has a plan. And not just a plan for this world, but a plan for you as well. This is Through the Winter's Ministry Podcast. Let's get started. Hey folks, before we get started with today's podcast, I want you to check out ThroughTheWinters.com where we're doing our latest articles called The Memoirs of a Dysfunctional Functioning Mom. Now, most of you know about my wife's past where she dealt with abuse and she struggled with a lot of things emotionally, but how does she handle that now as she becomes a mother, as she becomes a wife? It is there that you're going to read some of my deepest thoughts, my deepest insecurities and raising a child with these fears is not easy i know that many of you may not be battling the way i did but i mean who can't relate to fear and insecurity and struggle and anxiety i mean that's the thing that we deal with right now it's just under motherhood and i would really want to encourage you to check it out now i want you guys to go check out through the look at the article section on our website and you'll look up what's called the memoirs of a dysfunctional functioning mom the memoirs of a dysfunctional functioning mom we know you guys will enjoy it it's going to be about eight weeks worth check it out hello and thank you for tuning in this is sam your host and i appreciate you taking out the time to us here today you know Jeremiah 29.11 has been one of my pinnacle verses. It's been a, a key verse for me, especially through hard times or even when uh, I may have just maybe doubted things or wonder, okay, God, what's what's next in life? No matter what, Jeremiah 29.11 would always pop up. I'm talking about whether it will be on the radio, on random songs, and then I just need to hear that and boom, the song. For I know the plans I have for you. I know just what you're going through. That song will pop up. Key time when I remember this really happening for me was many, many, many years ago when I served as a youth pastor in the church and we were going through a lot of things. I was, my family and I were, were at a point where we were trying to figure out, do we stay or do we go? You know, um, things were very complicated ministry wise. And I was even possibly thinking of maybe leaving the ministry altogether. And out of nowhere, in the midst of me praying and me, in the midst of me seeking God's advice or or what it was that he wanted me to do, this song became a national anthem for my church at the time. Pretty much every Sunday when I felt weak and I felt like, God, I think this is it, I gotta give up, or God, I gotta let it go, this song will be sung for worship. The Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you. I know just what you're going through. There were times when, again, just trying to figure out God, are you still with me? Okay, God, I'm pushing through. God, I'm going to endure. And I go to a conference or listen to a preaching online or whatever the case would be. And what would be the verse that the preacher would use? Jeremiah 29 11. What is Jeremiah 29 11? If you don't know, it goes like this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, the translation of that word plans 
is actually God saying, I've been thinking about you. I've thought out what it was that I want you to do. I've laid out a blueprint of how I see your life. And it goes on to say, declares the Lord thoughts to prosper you and not to harm you. And again, in today's world, we may think prosper. We always think about money and, and wealth and things like that. But the translation for prosper in, in its original form means your well-being. It means peace. So when you read this verse saying, for I have thought about you and I've thought out what I have for you, declares the Lord. I've thought about your well-being. I've given you a hope and a future. I've thought out your future. I've thought out your life and the steps that you're going to take. That changes my perspective a lot on the things of of what we learn about God. Listen, in my life, I've learned that more and more, God is the one in control. Especially this past year with this pandemic that, that hit us. God, you have to be in control. You know, it was one thing when we got that phone call that March 15th of 2020. And we were told for two weeks, schools and churches will be shut down. Two weeks turned into two months. We were hoping that maybe by Easter things would change, but no. Then we were thinking, okay, definitely before the school year is over, right? No. Then through the summer, and that changed a lot of things. All the way, okay, we'll start school in September and things will be back to normal? No, they weren't. Straight through all the way to today, there's still restrictions and things that are happening that many of us are just tired of. I'll raise my hand with you on that one. But it brings to question, God, what's going on? God, what's happening? How about you? Have you questioned that? Have you, throughout all this time, this past year, saying, okay, what on earth is happening? God, what is the plan? How is this supposed to take place? And again, if anything, this situation, this pandemic, this this uh, place that we've been placed into, it's helped me to actually believe more and more that God, you're the one in control. Who would have thought that we would get to a point where churches would be forced to close? I know just about every pastor was probably thinking about those who would choose to go to church on Sunday because eh, church would always be there. So they went to their kids' sporting events or they went to the beach or they did whatever else they were going to do because we took for granted what Sundays were. And then when Sundays were taken away, man, the amount of people that got upset, and I'm sure other pastors can relate, it was a whole new ballgame because people never thought, well, churches won't ever be shut. They won't ever shut down churches. But sure enough, look what happened. We can go into the whole conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff, but that's not what today's podcast is about. But... Overall, a situation arose that caused the panic, that caused us to now be protective over what we need to do. And one of those precautions was the houses of worship needed to be closed. Different states, different places, different townships all began reopening very differently. My church, we officially opened up our doors to be back inside our church building in September of 2020. But we had outdoor services beginning in June. Everything else was online before that. And, um, Worked out great and God moved. We even got new families and new and new members into our church because of the pandemic. The pandemic actually brought in new faces. The pandemic actually brought people who left church at one point 
and stopped going and now they want to come back to church. So it, it, it may have even served a spiritual purpose for people to come back into the house of the Lord. And then, of course, there's still some that, you know, still choose because of whatever medical conditions or whatever the case may be. They chose to stay home. Overall, as a pastor and as a minister of the word, in observing all this and running a church and, and trying to figure out how do we get things back to normal or as close to normal as possible. Do we start youth group again? Do we start on midweek services? Do we open up the church again for, for prayer nights? How do Sundays look? What do we do to make sure that we accommodate everyone as best as we can? A lot of things began to juggle around in our minds. And the only thing that gave me some peace about it all was, God, you're in control. Lord, what is it that you want to tell me? God, what's the plan? And guess what verse pops up all over again? Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. That was for me. That was all I needed because, like I said, that was my go-to verse. That, that was the a verse that God uses to speak to me and to remind me, hey, 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 we got something to take care of here. Hey, hey, there's a, a method to my madness, so to speak. See, I've learned that I need to act on what God does. That's another important piece. God has a plan and he's going to move things and, and shape things into a certain way. And the pandemic hit. God knew this was coming. This wasn't going to surprise him. So he says, okay, now I need you to act. Now I need you to start moving. And to the best of my ability, we moved and we operated as best as we could. I did what I could and other people stepped up. And it was just an amazing thing seeing the house of God and the people of God move in ways that was just a blessing to see the, the, the warriors step up and take up a mantle of how they could serve their church, serve their community and minister the things of God. For some churches, I know it's also been hard because some churches haven't been able to open yet because of the style of their church or the size of their churches. And we're praying for you, for your doors to one day open and for, for God to move. And, and we hope that you're still reaching out to the people of your congregation and, and ministering to them and helping them in their times of need and things like that. But I've also observed that his word does come true when we obey it and when we test it. See, it's one thing when we read the scriptures and we say, oh, that's good for so-and-so, but it's not good for me. Or when we hear God speak to us, or we feel that push that God is trying to tell us to move forward and to go ahead and, and to start taking steps of, of boldness or, or of obedience, but we don't do it. Been doing ministry now for just over 20 years, and I can't tell you the amount of times that I have had people come and say, oh, you know, I'm just waiting on God to start doing something. I'm just waiting on God to, to change something. I'm just waiting on God. And when I inquiz a little bit more and I question a little bit more, about what that means for them. They're literally waiting for God to just do something, but they're not willing to take steps themselves. I'm talking about from the simple cases of people who need to stop doing the sin that they're doing. I'm waiting for God to change me. And so they just find that as a way or a reason to continue doing the sin that they're doing. I've seen it from the people who still won't take time out to get into their word and really won't take time out for a real prayer. They'll do those quick drive-by prayers that I call them. You know, it's just like, God, you know, help me in the situation and I wait upon you, God, and Lord, just help me in those things in your name. Amen. 10 seconds, 15 second prayer. And they really want God to really move and change an important thing of their life because of it. And then I've seen those people who've interceded and prayed and fasted and asked God to move and for God to save a loved one and or heal someone that they know and whatever the case may be. And they prayed and prayed and prayed and they still wait upon the Lord and they're faithful in those things. 
God will move. God will do what he has to do. But he also gives responsibility and he gives a choice at times to us on what's next in our lives. See, when God says, for I know the thoughts that I have for you, and I've thought out those plans, and I've thought out a life that I feel you would be great at, in that thought out life, in that thought out plan, there is another variable, us. And God says, you know what? Here's what I've laid out for you. Here's the potential that I have for you. Here's the giftings and the blessings and and the things that I want to use you for in this life. Now you decide if you want to follow them. You decide if you want my protection in this. You decide if you're going to obey or if you want to do what you want to do in the process. Many people today, believers and unbelievers, many struggle with direction. They struggle with purpose. They struggle with value. They struggle in seeing the value of their life. They say, what purpose could I serve? You know, that, that, that person has got to be a lot better than me. That person can, can do things in a whole greater way. Nah, not me. You got me confused with someone else. You know, there, there must be someone else better that can do the job. God, people struggle because of maybe their past. People struggle because of maybe what they've gone through. People struggle because maybe of what they've been called or or how people have told them about themselves. And they're like, you know what? I, I've, I've never been good at. They struggle finding their value and their purpose. And there's a little secret that I discovered in reading a psalm. There's a little nugget of David when he wrote Psalms 139 that just kind of like blew up in my eyes when I read it. And I realized that David discovered the key. He found the key to why we are all here. He discovered something that can easily be read right over and we won't give it a second thought. He discovered something special about each and every one of us. We're going to talk more about that in just a little bit. Stay tuned. Hey, friend, thank you for tuning into this podcast. Hey, if you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this podcast with others. We here at Through the Winters Ministry want to share God's love and his gospel to all those who are willing to listen. And our reason for being here is to help others know that there is purpose in their pain, that God can take the horrible things of our life, shape them and reform them, and use them as weapons for our future. All right, so we're talking about Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And I explained how the word plans is translated into the thoughts I have, or I've thought out the life that I have for you. And how God goes on to saying that there's purpose for each and every one of us. There's a purpose for, for life in itself. And so I want to hit you home. I want... <clears throat> And so the first thing I want to hit at home with you is that if you have life, if you're breathing, if there's air going through your lungs, you were created with a purpose. You were created with the thought that God had for how he wanted your life to be laid out. Now, listen to me very carefully, because I know that there are many of you out there who are probably listening, saying, well, then God needs some, has some explaining to do. Why was I abused by this person? Why, why, why was I assaulted? 
why was I born with maybe with this handicap or this defect? Why do I have this disability or... or struggle emotionally and mentally. If God has a purpose and a plan, then then how does that explain all this mess that I'm going through? Many of you know my wife's testimony of how she was raped and how she was abused. At a very young age. But it was in her finding her purpose in Christ to let them know about who God is in their life. The truth of the matter is, to believe in God is to believe that there also is sin. Because to believe in God is to believe His Word. And right from the beginning of His Word, something happened many, 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 many years ago. Anger, evil, hate, and the ugliness of sin into existence in this world. And since then, man has been struggling with doing what is right and fighting their flesh from doing what is wrong. So I want to help if I can in letting us know that you are not an accident. You do have purpose. You can have value and you are created for more. I said before we went into break about how David discovered a little key that shows that each and every one of us has a purpose. He discovered something special and it's recorded in Psalms 139. For you created my inmost being You knit me together in my mother's womb. Many of us may know that verse or may have heard it at one time or other. But have you ever read the verses that follow after that? Let's read it all together. Verses 13 through 17 of Psalms 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Listen to this. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Did you catch that? In verse 15, God saying, uh, David saying, rather, my frame wasn't hidden from you. God, it, before you actually formed me, you already knew what I was going to look like. You, you understood. It wasn't hidden from you, God. I wasn't a surprise to you and say, okay, let's see if I put this together with this. Let me see how that's going to look. And I put this together with this. And like, oh, okay. You know, that's not bad. No, God, you already saw my frame. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And then verse 16 is where the the, the real clincher comes. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. David discovered something special. He didn't just know that, that he was... Uh, especially knitted together in his mother's womb and that God knew him from them. David said, no, God, you knew me before I was even knitted in my mother's womb. You knew what I was going to look like. You knew my shape. You knew my form. And on top of that, God, when all that was happening, 
you also laid out the days of my life that were going to be ahead of me. In that, God, you saw my bad days along with my good days. You saw my struggles along with my victories. You saw my circumstances and situations, and you saw every laugh and tear that would come out from me. John MacArthur says that God designs us for our days, and he designs our days for us, even before those days had even come to exist. See, David unlocked that key of why we're here and if we matter. Because then when you read that psalm, the answer is yes, you do matter. Yes, there is a purpose. There is a plan. I can't tell you how many times the pews can be full with people who are even believers. And they'll say, God, what's the plan? I don't know. They don't know how to hear from God for themselves. They, they don't try to even give God a chance to show them what he's got for them. In the verses before that, the beginning of Psalms 139, David is talking about, God, if I go here, you're there. If I go here, you're there. If I go here, you're there. In other words, there's no place I can go where God, your presence cannot reach, where God, you are not are not there. In other words, he's recognizing, he says, God, everywhere I go, your, your spirit, you're, you're going to be there. And just as much as you're here with Sam, you're going to be there with Susie. You're going to be there with Johnny. You're going to be there with Becky. You're going to be there with Jimmy. You're going to be there with all these people at the same time, the same place, because God, you're God and you're everywhere. Many of us sometimes forget to do that, right? And look, if you can see me, I'm raising my hand with you. There are times we just do things where we where we don't think it through and we don't really seek the Lord in, in the choices that we make. And I love how David is the one that writes this psalm because he's a perfect example of when he sought the Lord for what to do and when he responded in his own ways of what to do. And then stuff followed. David knows full well what it means to go before the Lord and have and have the Lord's blessing every step of the way of his life as opposed to not going before the Lord and having to face the consequences and circumstances and the residual effects of making choices and decisions without God. If you know David's story, a lot of his bad decisions cost him his family, cost him harmony in his kingdom. See, you and I can see our lives as one way, but God, he sees it from beginning to end. This is why trusting him is so, so, so important. Believing that he knows what he is doing is one thing. Confirming it with our own hearts, that's another. Trusting that he is in control of our circumstances. Some of us don't like giving up control. Some of us like having control because it's where we feel safe. Problem is we, we fight God even on the controlling on controlling things in our lives. We have to control our children. We have to control the marriage. We have to control how, 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 how everything is done. Instead of saying, God, you take control and you direct me on how I should act, how I should respond, what you need me to do. I believe that this is why it's so important for us to learn how to hear his voice and obey his commands. To be careful about doing as we seem fit to do. Because yes, God does forgive. I'm not saying you can't ever mess up. But think about this for a second. What would you rather your life on this earth be more of? 
you doing your own thing and having to ask God for forgiveness because you strayed away from the path that he's laid out for you, like Psalms 139 verse 16 says, or instead, to the best of your ability, with understanding that there will be days you mess up and days when you fall, this is how I see it. He has a life that he wants me to live, right? But if I keep doing the things the way I want to, then I spend less time living the way that he designed for me. I'd rather live my life more closer to the way that he designed it for me to live than the way I choose to live. Because then I get to see more of what it was that he has for me. Then I get to experience the power of his glory. Then I get to to really see the gifts and the abilities that he has for me. Then I get to know more about what I can do. See, because I'm at an age right now where I know what my limits are. I know what I can and what I cannot do. I know where my talents pretty much hit the top and where my talents, you know, uh, and how far I can go with certain gifts. I can always perfect and and try harder and, and to do things a certain way. But when God does something, he takes everything that he's molded you to be and he shows you things, man, that you would never believe possible. And many of you know what I'm talking about. Many of you know that you had to raise money for a certain thing. Many of you know that that if we're not for God to intervene in this situation or this ministry or in this uh, circumstance, man, that it would not have been possible. It had to be God. He moved the mountain because I took that step of obedience or I took that step of faith. I want more of those kind of experiences than experiences that cause me shame. What about you? What holds you back? What keeps you from running that race that Paul talks about in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, where he says, I fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. When Paul had his conversion, he came to know that Jesus was in fact, the true son of God. He kept on kicking himself in the butt. And you would read it in, in different in different letters that he wrote. About, man, I was the worst of sinners. Man, I did this, I did this. He, he knew what he wasted his time doing and how he fought against the things of God. But he understood God's grace and his mercy. And he made it his endeavor that for whatever amount of hours or days or years he had left on this earth, to his fullest, he was going to use it to bring God glory. Friends, you and I may not understand what the plan is here. How long do we got to keep wearing the mask? How long until, you know, we can go back to normal capacity in places, in houses of worship, in movie theaters, restaurants, etc.? How much longer does, does, does all this have to go? God, is there a plan? Yeah, there's a plan. He sees what you see, but he also has a vision of what's to come. And you know what? Especially to those who are listening who are believers, there's a purpose. He has a purpose for you. There's a reason why we are on this earth. And he wants to show us what he can do through us. He wants to show you that you haven't even touched your potential if you haven't allowed him to be a part of the life that he originally laid out for you to begin with. Our lives are not our own. Any believer really understands that and knows that. Our lives are not our own. Our lives are meant to bring glory and honor to the Father and to help others see his life and see who he truly is. 
Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time, Lord Father God, where we just break into your word. And Lord, this conversation is one that can go in several directions. And Father, I just pray that those who are listening to this message, Lord Father God, that they understand that they are created with purpose. They are created, Father God, in your image. Lord, I rebuke right now any lie of the enemy that may be whispering in their heads or over their minds or or just that they thought this for, for years about themselves, but they're useless and they're nothing. And, and, and God, that you would never have anything planned out for them. Lord, you know my brother and my sister. You know their hurts and their pains. You know their wishes. You know their desires. You know their struggles. And first and foremost, God, I pray, Lord God, that they would receive you into their heart, into their spirit, into their mind. And ask you, ask you to be their Lord and Savior. God, that they will receive, Lord Father God, and know that they are sinners. And without you, God, we are nothing. Without you, Lord Father God, we lack what it is to truly understand what love, what mercy, what grace is. Lord, your scriptures show that you knitted us together in our mother's womb. But Father, before we even took shape and form, you knew who we were. That's how important we are to you, God. And even more so, God, you didn't just create us physically. God, you created the path that lies ahead of us. Help my brother, help my sister to know that they are not an accident. Help us to know that we are created with purpose. That we have value. And that there's so much more that you have for us. Lord, I pray for those of us who may be listening that that are struggling with trying to find that acceptance, that are struggling with maybe trying to break down the walls that we've put up, that find it hard to move forward from the offense that maybe some other one, some other people or other person has done to us. God, how can we forgive those who've hurt me? How can I move forward from the destruction that was over my life? How can I have hope when, when everything around me shows that there is none? Lord, speak to my brother, speak to my sister. Send people their way, Lord Father God, that would show them more and more that you care and that you are listening. Help us through these dark times and through these unknown times, God. Empower us to continue to move forward in all that we do. Give us a desire for your word, a desire to seek you in prayer, in your precious and holy name. Amen and amen. God bless you, friends. And once again, thank you for tuning in to Through the Winter's Ministry Podcast. And don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. And if you enjoy music, check out our new podcast called Songs of Praise on Spotify, where you get to join me for about a half hour or so listening to different types of worship music, praise music, glory music, meditation music. Each week brings a different type of style of praise and worship to the Lord. That's Songs of Praise located on Spotify. God bless you all. And until next time, remember, you have purpose, you have value, and God's created you for more. See you soon.